Little Mermaid is the scariest Disney movie by far, though. Why the hell is Ace Blade in your Kickstarter? <laughs> Some comics. We I'm getting controversial today. We're gonna get controversial today with with. My my proudest moment is this interview and being able to talk to you two. I still feel like he was lying. You really think that? Like, honestly, you really think he lied to us about that? I know he said it, and he probably meant it in the moment, but there's no way. <laughs> I feel like he was lying to us just to make us feel better. You're telling me that Savage Dragon creator, one of the founders of Image Comics, one of the most influential creators, not just writer or artist, but creator of Spider-Man in the last 40 years, lied to us about being on our podcast? I just... I feel like he's had prouder moments. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. I don't know. No, I, I truly believe we were higher on his list. I mean, you know, having the birth of his kids is not even close to us. Being a, the creator of Savage Dragon, not even close. I mean, th- there's there's nothing else that could compare to being on our show. I mean, I, I, if you say so, I I, I, I mean. I truly like believe this? that in my heart of hearts, I do. <laughs> I should. How you been doing, Tyron? Dude, bruh, I am exhausted. <laughs> I am. My feet hurt. My legs hurt. My my body hurts. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I I hate that I am in so much pain in places I don't remember I have pain. But you know what? It's been a fun weekend. Um, yeah, it's it's been fun, man. The, the pleasure and I'm doing good, man. It's the 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 time and the money and the pain that comes that you have to spend to to go to a place like Disney World or Disneyland in your case is always worth it because of the memories. I saw the picture you posted with your family with the lightsabers, and man, mm-hmm. like just can't like it's you can't put a price on. I mean, obviously you can put a price on stuff like that. But oh, there was a big price on that. <laughs> there's a big price on it, but it's just something fun, and it's like the experiences, man, that you you just don't forget, and you know, it's it's just great, great to do. All right, I I messed up your intro, so I no, 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 I do I do want to point out that in that that picture that you're seeing with us with our lightsabers, those were all custom built lightsabers. So Disneyland has a section where you can actually go and get the experience of making your own lightsaber. So you get to pick mm-hmm. out the crystal color. You get to pick out the hilt and and the handle and everything. And it was it was a dope experience. You, know, Do you for, get to keep them? Yeah, you get to keep them. So you pulls? Yes. <laughs> yes. All right, let me borrow about five dollars, bro. Let me borrow. Let bro, me borrow I do five not have five dollars left after making those lightsabers. Stop, stop, bro. You out here balling. You you don't bought the whole family lightsabers. <laughs> bought the yeah. whole family lightsabers, bro. Yes, yes. All right, and they're I'm, dope. Listen, yeah, during bro. my next, during my next, uh, my quarterly counseling session, I'm gonna ask for a raise. All right, I'm just gonna go ahead and let you know that the next next quarter, when we do our, you know, our our one on one counseling session, I'm gonna yeah. ask for a raise. I'm just gonna throw it out there. 
So you want ten dollars instead of five dollars? What you're telling me? Yes, at least right. at least six. I bump it up to six. I, I'm good. <laughs> All right. So I'm just gonna put this out here right now. I am looking for a new co-host for the Four Tales podcast because brother ain't got money like that. So. <laughs> or at least, or at least next time you go, I need a purple lightsaber. I need. That's the one thing that I want. Like I'm gonna. My my son bought me one like a a ten dollar Mace Windu mm-hmm. lightsaber, and I okay. love it. But I want the I want the real deal to put up here in my studio, man. I want the you real gotta, deal. You have to go. You have to go because, like I said, you get to customize every inch of the lightsaber. So every part of the handle part, you get to pick okay. out. So you have to go yourself. I, I can't just buy it for you. And each I, I each lightsaber has a different persona. It's like mine's was nature and elemental. My son's got mm-hmm. like justice and peace. So you you got to determine what's the best fit for you. So you got you got to go, man. Let me know when you ride over here to, to, to the West Coast and you go to Disneyland. I'll come meet up with you. Nah. No. No? Uh, right. I'll just go down to Florida and get the half the half experience of that. Because uh, <laughs> uh, right. it's too expensive. This? Okay. All right. All right. Enough, enough of our uh, banter. That's the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no. yeah, all right. Let's seriously, let's get into this, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Taurus Comics, in collaboration with Fourth Wall Productions, proudly brings to you the Four Tales podcast. I am your host, Kyron Silver from Taurus Comics. Across the way is the Purple Jedi of Ace Blade, Danny J. Quick, and together we are your two award-winning Blurred comic creators here to help you find your next favorite comic. Again, we are live, as always, on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and a host of other programs, so if you are listening or watching us live, thank you for support. But please do not forget to subscribe, share, and review this podcast, because all your positive reviews and interactions help us reach a higher and bigger audience. And if you want to maybe financially support the podcast, go to our website, fourtailspodcast.com, and get you some Four Tales swag like this amazing mug I have here. But enough about us shilling our stuff. Let's bring on today's guest. He is a creator and artist and writer of the book Voyage. Um, he is, and I'm going to mess up his name, even though he told us his name, Zachary. Damn it. Maros, all right, it's Zachary Maros. No, see, nope, that's not it either. Let's bring let's bring the man on. All right, tell me again, how <laughs> do you say it? Maros, Maros, nope, Maros. See, Maros. I knew that was going to happen. I knew that was going to happen. Maros, and you know what? The only problem was I trusted Google last week. I looked it up and I was like, I typed in how do you say this last name, and it brought me to a YouTube link that was saying it was Marwa the entire time. And I was like, wow. yeah, I know. I know how to say it. And then he comes on and he's like, no, that's not how you say that. What are you talking about? That's not how you say Mar-Roy. that at all. Yeah, next, we're going to start sending like a, a, asking people to send a voice clip of how to, how they say their name before the show so we can be better prepared. That's what we're going to start doing. I'll still screw it up. So it won't matter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> still mess up. <laughs> All right, what's Welcome going on, Zachary? Sports, How you doing? I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, it's, you know, early in the morning on this side, so just got up recently, but I kind of getting ready for the day to go out and whatnot. So, it's, so far, so good. Okay. So is it what like 7 a.m. for you? It's actually 10 over here. 10? Yeah, 10 
I know. What part, what, what part of the country you live in? I live in New Jersey, uh, but Lake, yeah. Nice. Wait. Okay. This was it. Butt Lake or Bud Lake? I'm sorry. Bud Lake. Okay. See, my 11 year old immature body just said butt, and I was like about to laugh. So. Well, it was like a, I went to the Joe Cuber School uh, for like three years, and there was in Dover, and I wanted to stay in Jersey to hopefully get some more contacts and stuff. So I was like, I live nearby. So uh, Dover is only like a 20 minute drive from here. Nice. All right, well, awesome. since you brought up the Cuber School, tell us about that. How's that experience doing that? Because I know a lot of us, especially artists, have always wanted to be a part of that and get the whole experience. What was your experience like doing that? Um, being in the school, it's it's great in terms of uh, being grinded down into like constant drawing because that's exactly what I wanted to do. Is to just keep drawing and drawing. Um, in the situation that I was in along with colleagues was that we were in a shift like so pretty much the Cuberts were shifting out of the school while uh, Anthony Marquez um, an editor at Dynamite started coming in and taking over the school and whatnot so pretty much like every single year there was always something happening with the shift and it, there was like you know there's pros and cons to it, but when it comes to the work itself, I mean, I, I enjoyed the work. I loved all the uh, the narrative assignments. Every assignment I pretty much loved. Um, it's just the whole time, like I was trashed when I came in, like before I went to school, I was garbage. Uh, so I really liked the fact that I was getting better. But the thing that was always in the back of my head was like, is this piece good? Am I will I be able to pass this off and whatnot? you know will i sell this and so it was always like a, a thing like that just wanted to get better and better at the artwork nice yeah i've always considered going to cuber school um but as i got older and had a family i was like i can't afford that and i don't have the time anymore so it's always good to meet people that have gone through the experience and it sounds like you at least recommend it if you had the cop- the possibility of doing it again i so any anybody who's like really trying to improve their artwork and whatnot, I would recommend going to school because um, the school will make you better because also what you're doing is drawing. Like mm-hmm. it's boot camp for artists, um, when, but you have to be willing to tear down this mental uh, block that you have where um, you're like, oh, I'm good, you know, I'm good, I'm a good artist and whatnot. You have to like throw that all away. And just kind of just be willing to want to learn, you know, just accept everything that's being thrown at you instead of being like, well, I'll take, you know, ah, you know, he said my anatomy is wrong and I agree with that, but my background is definitely correct. That's for sure. They're like, no, no, no. Whatever they tell you, if it's wrong, it's wrong. Correct it. So, yeah, it's, you just gotta, you know, when you go in, you gotta be willing to open your mind up. Nice. I hate critiques. I I know one thing that I, the reason that I don't even post my art online, I I love drawing, I love coloring, I love it, but I hate the critiques. That's the one thing that I I can't stand. So I've been, Kyron did a a piece for me last year, 
that I that I colored that I still haven't even showed him. And like I don't, I my, one of my biggest apprehensions as a creator is just I don't want people to to tell me my stuff is bad, and I and it's a fear that I I need to get over because I know that everybody goes through it. I know it's something that every artist goes through, but I just it's one it's one of those fears that I that I just I just can't get past when it comes to specifically art and music. Those two areas, I have a fear of putting my work out there and it being heavily criticized, and I just I just can't get past it. I've I've always gotten the worst uh, critiques since middle school. I've grown to the most like I've grown. You could give me the harshest critique. And I'll accept it. I'll eat it, face value. And then I'll look. I'll go back to my piece, and I'm like, "Ah, oh, he's right at this. Like this is, you know, this is wrong or whatever." Um, so when I got to the Cuba school, when it came to critiques, that stuff was super, super easy. The only thing that uh, in the first year it irritated me little by little uh, every now and then because I have a ten- I had a tendency to redo my assignments like completely. Like I'll stay up the whole night. Like I had. I would constantly stay up like for nights on end just to like get homework done. And then I'll mm. bring it in the next day with like seeing stars like up of fatigue and they say, this is wrong. This is wrong. And I'm like, I just had this corrected and now it's, and it's wrong again. And then I'll go back and I'll do the whole piece over again and have the instructor. Normally it's cool because the piece got better and better, but in my eyes, I'm just like, how is it still wrong? Yeah. And, I think as artists, we all is, struggle with that. Yeah. 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 There's, um, a, um, there's such a subjective nature to art, also, because everything can be stylized. So I, I understand when it comes to assignments and they say, okay, I want you to draw this specific thing. But if it's your interpretation as an artist and it's what you, you know, create then how can you how can you say it's wrong or how can you say you know what i mean but it's um yeah i'll tell you on that that's a that's a tough one um i think my response to that would be so everyone in the beginning including myself um we all draw like you we were all drawing all these different types of things and then you know our excuse was when somebody says something well that's my style you know that's how i decide you know that's how i draw it it's wrong like at the end of the day it's wrong whether it's your style or not because the thing is you didn't under you didn't understand the the foundation of art like how to properly draw for example like a face how to properly draw Mm -hmm. a face and really understand how it go, how it works, and then once you do understand that, then you can go ahead and pull back the details and stylize it your way. Um, when I went into, the, like I said, when I went into the school, um, and I was drawing, uh, I did see some, you know, some individuals that would, you know, that would say that excuse. But then after uh, they just kind of let it, you know, they they ate it and. They pretty much went back to the drawing board. They would go ahead and just follow what they said, and then they were able to afterwards. And they were able to push back uh, and stylize it after they fully understood it. So I, I've seen like great, you know, styles of artwork from like people that went to the school and whatnot. It's it's just you have to go through the 
foundation of art first. You have to understand. Right. Yeah. That foundation is always important to to be able to. I mean, even even especially with 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 comics and in in animation, um, you have to know you know basic anatomy. You got to know how how the body works in order to you know represent it on on paper or in you know in animation. So I 100 agree with you there. Hey, no yawning, no yawning on this show. What's going on, I, man? It's early, bro. It's early. You cannot say it's early to me. All of us didn't just leave Disney yesterday. You're probably still hopped off off that Disney, that uh, that uh, Mickey Mouse map. So, whatever. All right. So we do want to talk about your book, um, Voyage. So tell us a little bit about that, like where that idea came from, the story behind it, things like that. Give us some details on that. So I've had. All right. Oh, he got he had to stop. He he had to stop yeah, and quit for this. Just figuring out where to pick, where to start. So like I had the idea since I was in middle school. And it was really about the species of um of Sonderon, which he, he's a cometan. And uh I started with the alien species. And before I went to the school, uh the idea came in seventh grade. So as the years progressed, um I never had an individual to represent his species. And uh, it wasn't until the year before the middle school that I had like this dream where it was like this quote unquote defender of his, like of his space sector and whatnot. Very cheesy, very like stupid, but that's like all ideas, all ideas are dumb until you keep working at it and grinding and then it will become like amazing. So when I went into the school every single week, man, I was writing pages. I was, I was, drawing i was like doing all these character designs and stuff and it started fleshing it like one month after another and then uh the thing with me is i'm not a writer like i know how to draw it visually put it on paper but explaining in full on detail in a writing format i have a strong difficulty in that so i i self-published my first uh graphic novel voyage anthology volume one in this uh, I started in the second year of school and I finished uh, in New York the following year, my third year. And at that point, uh, one of my colleagues, uh, Brett Malagrano, who has a gift for writing, I asked him for help to go ahead and fine tune the origin because my stuff was uh, focusing a lot. I had a lot in the beginning, but I was focusing in the midsection. There's a lot of um, professionals say that if, you have an idea for a character don't worry about the beginning start in the middle because that's what you're currently envisioning them doing and then when you do that the key components in the middle of their adventures and whatnot will help you know give you ideas and solutions to how the beginning of their story will start and that's what i was doing so when i asked brett for help he took everything that i have for his origin and he just he found a way to unify it in such a beautiful way that I was like, dude, do you want to become the writer for this? And the way him and I worked together it's and sell and made that product, when you read Voyage, that's your first impression of the character. And because of that, Brett is just as much as a co-creator of the character as I am. Because you're not just getting 
what I created and made through the years, you're also getting what Brett has written into it, which gives it its personality. And that's important. Nice. Now, did Brett continue on with you past that first book or do you expect using him in the future? What's going oh, on yeah. with him? So right now, uh, me and Brett are in the middle of um, some uh, legal stuff when it comes to the character. Uh, and we have like a, we have a big thing planned for. So basically Voyage is an ongoing series. Uh, what I, for Voyage Melting Pot, it failed on the Kickstarter. That was supposed to be my last anthology book with Sondron, where he was like the host of like a 16 storied, uh, anthology book. And I was like, because it didn't work out. I'm not going to let it stop me. I'm going to keep moving forward. I've always intended Sondron to be in an ongoing series. I just didn't have enough finalized in his main story to go ahead and start his series yet. Now I do with Brett. So issue one is supposed to launch in Kickstarter in around September, October. So I'm waiting on the script from him right now. I should be getting it this week. And pretty much essentially like, with Sondron, like who Sondron is, he's a commitment, um, excuse me, <laughs> he's a commitment uh, on the far reaches of space, and he is exiled from his uh, star system. He is tasked to finding these pieces called the Spirit Knot, and this is supposed to unify uh, the universe uh, once more from like generations of, you know, pain and suffering and whatnot it's like it's a story of old that people now just tell their kids at bedtime to you know you know make them you know behave and whatnot if they misbehave they tell them a lesson and whatnot so that it, it's become passed down generation to generation to people think it's just that story it's when it is couldn't be farther than the truth and uh so Sondron he had his own hero's journey and his own uh, star system, but his star system, no one went in. Uh, it was secluded because it was considered a cursed system uh, because that's where all the, you know, the BS started. So when he came out and starts this whole adventure, uh, he's basically a baby in the universe. He is the minority in the universe. Doesn't know anybody. Uh, doesn't know how the universe works. Um, doesn't know how to like, talk to people and whatnot and because of that he gets used um without even knowing it he has good intentions but when he does something that he thinks is right it's a you know stack of dominoes uh, that just end up you know hurting him in the end and we're adding a lot of realistic elements into into it so people can relate to the character uh so there's going to be a lot of uh, xenophobia a lot of hatred because there's a lot of religious uh, background that's included into the spirit nod. So when people see that he's a commitment, they're like, what's he doing here? Go back to your, you know, go back to your planet. We don't want you. You don't belong here. And he's just so confused by it because there's only so much that he knows. And he's going to figure out that along the way. Now, one of the things I, I want to share for everybody that watches the video uh, of this episode is something I saw on the first Kickstarter you did for Voyage. Um, let me bring that up really, because I thought this was badass. Oh, Voyage the Call. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. And this is Sonderon, drawn by legendary Adam Kerbert. Um, now, explain to us how you got that, because all of us, I'm pretty sure, as comic creators, we've always wanted to have a legendary creator probably draw our character. So how did this come about? Dude, the best way I can put it is it was being in the right place at the right time. And the what I mean by that is <clears> I was <throat> in the middle of the first anthology voyage. Um, and it was in the middle of the second year, and I decided to stay uh, for the summer to go and take care of the uh, properties that they had. Uh, cleaning them up and whatnot. So I was passing by Adam Kubert in the hallway at the Kubert School in the uh, sub-level. And he's like, oh, hey, how you doing? You know, so we just like have a conversation. <clears throat> he's like, yeah, last summer, you're, you know, you're doing that book. How's that going? I was like, oh, it's all good, you know. And as I was talking, it was like, I, apparently I said a couple things where it was like, you know, these guys are like family to me. You know, I treat them as family and I just want the best for them. So that's why I'm making this book. And then he just says, is there anything I can do for it? And I was like, I was kind of like, you know, flabbergasted at that. And he's like, you know what? Think about what you want me to do for the book and then come back to me on Monday. Because it was Friday when he approached me. And I was just shocked. I was so shocked. And so I was really thinking about, I was like, is it too much to ask for a drawing of the character? So I had to sit on that. I was asking some people. They're like, dude, do it just freaking do it and then i was kind of like when i saw him on monday in the office i was like he's like oh so have you thought about what you want me to do and i was like yeah so you know would you like to uh raw yeah care you know it doesn't have to be a full background yeah yeah he's like consider it done i was like no way he's like i love it and i was and then he finishes it up and uh, hits me up a couple weeks or a few weeks later. He's like, here, come in the office. I got something for you. And he hands me that. And I have the original on my wall. And I was just, like, stunned. I was getting, It was a little emotional because I was like, damn, bro. That's that's amazing. <laughs> so that kind of told me that what I'm doing, even though it wasn't fully fleshed out at the time, it's I'm on the right path to something. So whatever failure that I have along the way with this character and the story, doesn't matter because stuff like that um are like key things for me to let me know that i just need to keep going because i got a i got an awesome idea and i just got to keep pushing for it that's dope man and um so i sorry to continue on it my like my thing is in sci-fi comics um there's not that much like sci-fi uh, going around right now in comic books and uh i've never seen besides avatar the the navi people i've never really seen and i don't count star wars either a main character who is an alien and you follow his adventures you know where there's no humans involved mm-hmm. and you just, you know you go throughout the story and you know martian manhunter and those characters don't count because they're superheroes mm-hmm. they've been in that superhero game and whatnot so like if I'm watching the Predator movie, I'd like to see a movie where it's just about the Predator and the Predator's point of view. You know, is is he really the bad you know uh, bad guy? You know, who knows? Yeah. It's just well, it comes naturally. Yeah. So I was like, this is how Voyage is going to be. Sondron is going to be that main character, an alien, and you're going to follow it with no human involvement, and you're just going to be nothing but a sci-fi like melting pot. I love that. I love that. 
I love it. Right, well, well, you 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 told us about you, you mentioned that your your last Kickstarter failed, and before before the show, we all we we discussed a little bit that you know both Kyron and I have had Kickstarters that well I've had multiple Kickstarters that failed. Kyron's only had one, you know. Um, Why he gotta throw but, me under the bus like that? Like I'm some type yeah. of. <laughs> it go ahead, it go ahead, must go be nice, man. It must be nice. <laughs> no, but uh, I know I know for me when. When um our annihilation day Kickstarter uh didn't get funded, it hurt, you know, it, it hurt because I'd put a lot of work into it and you know, not to be able to do that project, um, you know, kind of set me back. You know, I thought that, I thought that I was doing the right thing by putting the book out and I thought that it was what people wanted. We had silver, we had, you know, all the all of our main characters were gonna be in it. You know, I did animate, I learned how to do you know, most, you know, we put together good packages and stuff like that. And it just, you know, it just didn't work out. Um, but I did learn, you know, some valuable lessons um, from it, from it, you know, being unsuccessful. So what, what, how did, how did it go for you? Did it, did you, did you learn from that? Are you going to keep pushing or did you, did you bring any lessons from it or, um, I'm you know, still, I'm still going through, um, it's a struggle. Uh, I, I have a lot of frustration, a lot of anger right now. So, you know, cause kind of, it's not, it's not just um, by myself. I was looking over 23 other Cuba school individuals. Um, uh, and like we're all graduates, you know, and my job was to go ahead and make sure that we got that book made. And I failed on that. And I pretty much gave the people what they wanted. And, um, so it was very disheartening to see it like take the money that it did and didn't didn't fund because it was a 200 page hardcover uh you know graphic novel with a dust jacket with you know every you know it's everything that like people want pretty much you know unique stories you know phenomenal artwork um even the kickstarter video had its own flair i made the sandron costume you know, to have my instructor wear it, interviewing me and whatnot. So all these little things that I thought would be like, these are going to grab the people. Um, and to see a fun, it's it's a struggle, but I'm not going to let that stop me because it's kind of like, it, it's weird because I could go ahead and say that the people don't know what they want until they try it. Like, unless you try like, like, Unless you read a book, you're not going to know if you're going to like it or not. Um, and it's the same thing with uh, Melting Pot. You see a lot of these, um, you know, NSFW stuff, and they fund like crazy, like all the time. Whether the, uh, the art is, you know, subpar to, you know, extremely like professional level. And, um, you know, and then you have like a book that's just amazing for beginning to end on every level and it, it's a hard it's like a push and pull battle and so it's a learning curve for me and i just gotta take what i got from that and just keep moving forward from that so i just need some time to kind of be away from everything just to keep you know just to like gather some stuff up and then hit it again for sure all right. Well, I think this might be our best time to go into the second well, part of our I, show. I think it's time for quick text. <laughs> I was just saying that, dude. You gonna talk over me like that? All right. If you've never seen quick, our show before, 
uh, quick takes is sort of a rapid fire segment where Danny's going to ask you some questions um, that he's found scouring your social media. There's a little bit of a stock in there. Uh, but yeah, let's get All into right, this. And now a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. To answer as quickly as possible off the top of your head. Um, question number one. I saw that you uh you uh you know you took some time off a couple couple years ago and, and you did something something to me that's considered extreme because I don't like water and I don't like boats and I don't like paddles. Um but you went paddle boarding. Is that something that you you do to relax? And I just want you to uh kind of explain explain paddle boarding uh for me and Kyron and, and what it does for you. So uh it's one of my colleagues' house, uh, I, went, I went over there and he just pretty much goes ahead and asked me, say, hey, you should try this out. And I was like, dude, I don't surf. And I was like, that's not how you do it. Just go on, you gotta stand on it. And then, you know, paddle. And I was like, okay. So it took a quick while to like learn, but I pretty much got it. And it's you just stand on a, a rocking paddle and you just gotta like maintain your balance. And then just, you know, one stroke on each side of the water and just, to push forward but dude it's wicked fun honestly if you haven't tried it yet i think it's better than kayaking um i'm gonna pass on that i don't i try to stay out of the water as as often as possible but <laughs> but it you know it, i am intrigued by stuff like that you know um now that i'm getting older me and my wife are um you know i'm trying to find some horseback riding lessons for her and you know i might might do some stuff on the water with the kids maybe i might just take them out and let them let them experience the water because um it's too late for me. I, I gotta ask though, Danny, can you swim? I can swim. Okay. I can swim, but I don't I don't enjoy the I don't enjoy um trying not to drown. That's that's okay. all that swimming is to me is trying not to drown and I don't enjoy <laughs> that. So stay out of the water. Um okay. that's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so, question number two: Who was your favorite celebrity that you met during your time at the Cuba School? Oh my God! Uh Tom McFarlane. The second time I met him, the second time, first time was in 2010, but I don't really count that because it was such a quick, like, pass through. Um, but the second time. I found he, he wasn't even on the roster, uh, and then he just showed up last minute because the whole spawn issue 300 directing breaking issue. And then I just like ran up and uh, I kind of like was like, dude, let me like, let me see him. And I was just meeting him, kind of had like a you know, it, to me it was a touching moment. Uh, he signed my issue one of spawn, but I just you know it was like a whole respect thing. Like, and I come and I got in for free. I was the only person that didn't pay out everyone. Wow. Hey, that's that's a great moment right there. I, I absolutely, absolutely can can see why you would uh why you make that number one. I love it. Okay. Um. So number three, this is a question that I'm that I'm starting to ask more and more people because recently I got into some controversy about you know, big cons versus little cons. Okay. So um, I've seen you, you've been to combo conventions. Um, what, do, what, what do you prefer 
bigger shows or smaller shows? Okay, so that's kind of a, a toughie. I'm kind of in the middle with that. The one thing I don't appreciate about the bigger shows is that they have to pull their weight by getting all these celebrities. So the bigger shows is more about the mainstream media uh, of like celebrities and like the high end, like top popular artists. Whereas the little shows, it really gives a spotlight on all the little guys. And, you know, even the individuals, uh, you know, like, let's say like Tom Mandrake and Van Dersma, those guys are hard hitters in the industry, but for some reason, they're not as like well known as, um, you know, Tom Carlin, for example, you know, but they're just as important. And so, yeah, uh, the little shows, I'll probably prefer more so than the bigger ones. See, you see, Cameron, I told you I was right. Um, when did I say that? You know, never mind. I'm tired of you. <laughs> I'm tired of you throwing me under the bus, dude. <laughs> right. It's what right, I do. Man. It's what I do, sir. Yeah, All right. So uh, question number four, do you prefer, and I think I know the answer because I see what you're doing right now, but do you prefer traditional art, um, pen and paper and ink and colors or digital and why? Uh, I like traditional. I got to practice more digitally, honestly, because there's a lot of good stuff that you can do. I mean, and a lot of time that you can save. But personally, for me, I love traditional because the nibs, the brushes, focus markers, all this different stuff that you can use. Plus, it's going to give you more of an understanding to, uh, uh, to use these materials when you go to shows because you can make more money than somebody who's like, can you draw me something on the fly? And you can do that. Whereas a lot, there is a struggle with people who do digital where they have a hard time trying to do some traditional stuff um, because mm -hmm. their hands are not used to that. They're, um, they're so used to that pad than it is on paper. Hey, I, I see. I, I like that. I like that. I know I like um, going to shows and getting commissions from artists and always I, I have my traditional stuff is, is highly regarded in my house. So, um, but as a comic book producer, as somebody who makes and publishes comics, I absolutely appreciate digital work. And uh, <laughs> it, it a lot of times it can be a lot faster and it's easier to reproduce and, and to sell to people. But, um, you know, I, I collect the traditional stuff. So we'll just say that. All right. Last but not least, um, I see. You know, especially with your series, and I've seen other things that you posted on, on, um, online. I want to know what are your top five sci-fi series of all time? Okay, um, let's see. First one's got to be Weird Science. Uh, all the EC comics uh, from back in the forties. Uh, those dudes, those are powerhouse hitters right there. So I grouped them as one. Um. Second one has to be Avatar, because uh, it really focuses on the Navi people. I'm so sick and tired of like uh, Jake um, within that. Uh, and Plucky Anderson withdraws it. The, the third one has to be um, The Gardener uh, by Matt Emmons, who launched his Kickstarter and funded. Dude, that book, that book kicks ass. It's so good. Um, mm -hmm. The fourth one has to be... Um, oh my God, my legs. Now I'm at a loss with that one. <laughs> Fuck on the name. <laughs> I just, just, yeah, just keep going. Problem, <laughs> um, yeah, I can't. I can't think of the name right now. It's uh, it sucks. 
But those are the those are my three right now. Uh, I kind of yeah. hey. mainstream comics is uh, I'm I'm not really grabbed by mainstream comics like I was anymore because I've seen it's like beating a horse with a stick like over and over again. I'm just seeing all these ideas that they've just been using for so many years and they do it the same thing over and over again and it's just so tiring. Where indie comics are, oh my god, just great stuff. Some good ideas out there, man. Some good ideas. There's a there's a book called Starcourt that's coming out pretty soon. I don't know if you I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's a it's a pretty good looking book, man. You know, it's a, I think it's coming to Kickstarter soon. It's got kind of a sci fi you know comedy uh, thing to it, so I think you should probably check that one out. But uh, thanks for thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks no, for uh, doing that. No, you're welcome, man. I was actually going to say uh, Upstarts from Kickstarter was also a great book, too, sci-fi. I was really impressed with that. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right, back to you, Kyron. <laughs> this week's Quick Takes were brought to you by Cthulhu Invades Wonderland. Get your copy of this 200-page anthology, which includes artwork by myself at CthulhuInvades.com. And you know what? So we do want to go ahead and, and make sure that we allow any of our fans to find your work, Zachary. So where can people check out your work, your commissions, things like that? On Instagram and Twitter, Zachary's Art, um, all lowercase. Uh, on Facebook, it's Zachary Maroyce, just my name. Um, and Deviant Art is Zach175. Uh, you can message me there. So, yeah, those are the best places to reach me. Um, I am open for commissions. I'm taking, uh, I'm taking quite a few right now. Um, let me show you one of the pieces I've been working on because, uh, again, I love Apex Legends. So, uh, I don't know if you can see that. Hold on, let's, uh, highlight you. There we go. Nice. I think I actually saw the black and white of this on your Facebook page a couple of days. Yeah, it's 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 a definitely a work in progress. I'll be posting that on Instagram pretty soon. So, uh, I'm, just, I'm kind of like fingers crossing on the colors right now. I don't want to mess them up. Nice. All right. And Danny, what about you? Where can we get all your work at? Um, if you're looking for me, the best place to to find Ace Blading Supreme and Lumberjacks is fourthwallpros.com. And if you want the uh the social medias, it's uh it's the Ace Blade on all socials. What about you, Kyron? Is, is King Supreme actually still with Fourth Walls? Or didn't he leave? Uh yeah, yeah, he's still fourth wall. Okay, me and uh, me and me and Wally uh co co own uh King Supreme, so that's uh Fourth Wall and One Emperor's production. I, I just never seen any promotion from you or Morgan for fourth for King Supreme. So it's you know it's all about Ace Blade Lumberjack and um you know Why? seems like King Supreme's just being shoved to the side a little bit. But you know that's don't, just don't, do that. don't don't I'm just gonna sip that. my tea here. So <laughs> no. now now who's throwing who under the bus? Now who's throwing who under the bus, Kyron? <laughs> all right. Uh, you can find my work at Uh I am on Facebook, 
facebook.com slash Taurus Comics, and also on Twitter and Instagram at Taurus Comics. And if this is your first time checking out the Four Tales podcast, you can go back to our website and get all our old episodes from season one and this season of season two. That is at fourtalespodcast.com. That's number four, T-A-L-E-S podcast.com. Uh, but join us in two weeks when we have our next amazing guest, which is going to be J.G. Traveler. He's going to talk to us about his mega series that he has coming up. But until next time, sayonara, goodbye, and please take care of yourselves. Music provided by my brother, Quicks Made It. Find him online in YouTube, Instagram, and SoundCloud. I want to know what it is Quick is trying to say.